This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, we'll talk about the Rangers. We'll talk about the Mets and Yankees and a very famous person's got a birthday. We'll do all that when we go to work. And 1-800-919-3776. Also, via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with JP and Mike Mike. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Mr. Damer. How are you? Larry, how are we feeling? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Just okay. All right, Just okay. Well. Just okay. It's better okay. than some days, right? Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. It seems like I haven't talked to you in a long time again. I know. It does feel that way. Well, we'll and have some time here in the next couple of days. This road trip, yes. you know, it, it, it's good for me in ways because when uh, I like the games a little bit later, this way everybody's mm-hmm. in bed. I can go downstairs all by myself and just focus on the game. Now, last yeah. night, obviously, I was not really looking to focus on it. I was looking for something else to focus on. But uh, the one downside is we don't have shows after the game. I know, I know, I know. By the way, since you mentioned that, Gordon, uh, let's do our uh, programming note, special edition of ESPN New York tonight, tomorrow night, 7 yes. o'clock, 7 right to 9.30. Right show, right? Yep, rolling right through, uh, rolling right through till Nixon and Sons as they look to get back on the bandwagon. But we begin with the other tenant in Madison Square Garden, the team that just lost again 4 nothing to the Bruins. This would be the New York Rangers, and... Gordon, you know, it's funny. We texted yesterday, and it was like, we're not even on the air to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> it was just something that was crazy. I, in, all the, in all the years that I've covered sports, Gordon, it always, it's always interesting why teams make decisions on moves when they do. And for this, this is kind of weird. I, I would never have expected that J.D. would be let go so early. Yeah, they seem now again. I'm I'm looking from afar. I am not mm-hmm. a big hockey guy, not a big Ranger guy, but they have all the uh, the tenets of a team that's just in free fall right now, yeah. right? They they lose the games to the Islanders the way they do. They have the Wilson incident the other night. They have everything that happens before the game yesterday, and then go out and and lose the game and have the, all the fights and everything else. Then it doesn't seem like they had a whole lot of fight tonight either. So yeah, they seem like a, an organization that's in a bit of a free fall right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the Rangers promoted Chris Drury to president and GM. That is effective immediately. And, of course, he was on the Michael K. show earlier today before the Ranger game. And he talked about the response. And, Gordon, you kind of mentioned it. And this is obviously after the situation with Tom Wilson and what he did. And <laughs> the Rangers and Capitals combined, this was comedy, right? 72 penalty minutes in the first 414 of their game Wednesday. 72 penalty minutes. I mean, everybody was fighting. They had a line fight, which is you don't get to see that very often, Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. No, they had a nice little line fight. But Drury said, you know what? Comparing the response last night to Monday, he liked last night a little bit better. I liked what I saw last night. Let's put it that way. Um, You know, it was was, uh, not a fun night at the Garden tonight. The red man had to deal with that, and Bushnevich had to deal with that. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things we talked about after the game last night but you can't just grow, uh, you know, with wins and when when things are going well, you know. You've got to grow during times that are hard, and I thought we responded the right way last night. And even though we lost the game, uh, I think we came together and took some steps as a team and organization last night. And now since he's going to be in an evaluating role, Gordon, to make some moves going forward, he was asked, since he's been behind the bench a little bit, how does that help you evaluate what, what to do going forward? 
Well, I always thought I was small, and then when I got behind the bench, I realized I was, must have shrunk. I was, a, I was a lot smaller. Everyone got a lot bigger in the <laughs> 10 years I've been out, Donnie, and everybody's uh, way faster. So I was glad I was not in equipment. Um, but it was a good... It was a good place to be, you know, after being 10 years on the 10th floor watching where everything at some at some moments looks like it's in slow motion. Um, you know, being on the bench and, and seeing from that perspective, uh, you know, was, was valuable. Um, and not only that, but getting to to work hand-in-hand hand with the two Hartford coaches, Chris Nobach and Gordon Murphy, that came up. You know, I hadn't been able to do that with them either. So in a lot of ways, it was a terrific experience to get to know them, to get to know, you know, a lot of players from, from that perspective. So, Chris, is there like a timetable for trying to turn the corner and um, put a, put this team on the right track? Well, I think it's evolving. I think we're close. Uh, you know, I think if you look at the second half of our season when the kids all took some big steps, um, you know, a lot of good things are happening. You know, well, you obviously can't win the Santa Cup without getting in the playoffs. And, and our goal, you know, right from the first game next October is to make a push and be one of the, the teams that gets to play for it. And, uh, you know, the summer and the soft season is going to be big to figure out how, how we do that. Now, Gordon, this is going to be interesting. And once again, I'm like you. I'm looking at it from a distance. But you look at all the young talent that this team has, you know, the Panarins and so on and so forth. You look at that great talent. And then I just keep hearing one of our callers who's called me for years saying the the Rangers are just not – they're too small. They need to be bigger. They need to be bigger. So, And they need more experience. So the question, Gordon, is where is that mixture, right, that that nice chemistry, that nice combination of young upcoming talent and a couple of veterans sprinkled amongst that team to teach the team how to win, to teach them how to be physical, to teach them that next step? Yeah. Are they a team that's underachieved this year? I mean, I thought that – the playoffs obviously would have been nice. It's always nice for anybody, but it was not like one of those things that was guaranteed. So I'm kind of puzzled by the uh, the change of approach in that I, I, it doesn't really seem like they were a team that, you know, greatly underachieved. Maybe they, they underachieved to a certain degree because they've already been eliminated from the playoffs, but there's not that many games to go. But for a young team that's on the way up, they had the, the, the letter that they sent out, what was it, three years ago now, mm-hmm. that they were going to do a complete rebuild. I would think that it's, I don't know, I, I'm not in it enough to know, but it doesn't seem like they're an organization that is that far away or that underachieved that greatly that you would have these uh, bombshell kind of moves. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Gordon. I was listening to uh, Rick DiPietro, who was on the K-Show yesterday, and he was saying, listen, if everything went well, they would be lucky if they were in the playoffs with the way that the the uh, you know the teams were reshuffled because of this year. And and you look at and, uh, and listen for them, uh, you know they've had a number of players who've been hurt. They had a number of players who suffered with COVID. So the, you know it just wasn't their type of year. And I know that you know Bruce and some of the other callers have been very you know uh, very opinionated and very anti what. Uh, David Quinn has been able to do running the team as far as not being ready and the, the not, not coming out on the ice with quick, quick starts and some of the other issues that they've had. So, uh, you know, it, it is interesting when you have a young team like that. It's, it's you know what, Gordon, that's you don't really a young know. Team. Yeah, yeah, they got to learn. That's part of having a young team, right? Like yep. ha- having those inconsistencies, that's part of it. But, um, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. But, you know, it's not that long ago that this would be the time where the Knicks were doing things like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's you right. know, to have the Knicks uh, where they're at and all of a sudden – and it would always be, well, the Rangers, look at how well run yeah. the Rangers are. And, yeah. and now it's, it's almost like the shoe's on the other foot. Yeah. 
And it's weird because, uh, you know, as, as a Nick fan, I'm not used to the shoe being on the other foot. <laughs> so, no. No. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's weird to have it this way. But, you know, it's it's all – and now the next question is, Gordon, and even though we know that Drury is, you know, familiar with the David Quinn, mm-hmm. likes yeah, David Quinn from what we've heard, does that – does that mean that he's going to be back? You know, what do you do? Do you do you do you make a coaching change at this point? Do you? What's the next move? That's the big question. I would think that once the season is over, just knowing other sports, when you have this type of seismic change, generally, generally it doesn't end just with the front office. Um, generally, it changes with the coach as well. But uh, we shall see, right? I mean, it's going to be a pretty eventful off season for the Rangers after the the moves of the last couple of days, and just kind of the way things have gone, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like this is um, a, a good situation right now between what's going on on the ice and what's going on off the ice. Yeah, no, it isn't. And anytime you move your front office and re, you reshuffle your front office the way they did uh, and just say, you know, goodbye, <laughs> like right away, yeah. before the end of the season, I mean, Gordon, you know, we were talking about this as far with the Met hitting coaches, right? I mean – Two or three games? You couldn't wait two or three more games and just do it at the end of the season? You know, let's have one baggy day for everybody and just, you know, make the move out. But it was, it had to be the, you know, the lack of response. Yeah, it it speaks to the emotion though, right? It it has to be that there is an emotion that is is not necessarily based on the rational. Um, The rational would say, yeah, all right, like this is a disappointing year. It is what it is. Let's get through the the last few games and then we'll, we'll make, but the fact that you're doing it now and and so in such a large fashion it tells you that this was an emotional decision that isn't necessarily uh the right one not necessarily the wrong one we'll see i mean Mm -hmm. it's not like chris drury is just somebody they brought in out of the blue i mean he's been kind of uh, the man in waiting uh, Mm -hmm. and has, has learned on the job but um yeah it's not again not a great situation for the rangers in a disappointing year it isn't and it really speaks to the response or lack of response that they gave on Monday night, Gordon, right? That I mean, after the Islanders sweep and then to give that response to those after your players just pounded into submission like that because that's the first thing Drury commented on on the K-Show today. It's like, I like the response yesterday as opposed to Monday. So that had to be one of the major reasons why they decided to make a change. But but then how does that help you now going forward? It just You still can't make the changes you need to make till after the season. Yeah. Um, well, I mean – Again, um, just looking at what they have done on the ice, it almost seems like it's a team in free fall, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the way that they got kind of bullied um, and, and almost were shamed into having a reaction because the first game, they had didn't they have opportunities to go after Wilson after mm-hmm. he did what he did? Yeah. Uh, they didn't sure decide they did. to do it then. So then, you know, the whole thing happens with the NHL. And what a, I mean, what a terrible job by the NHL, not at least suspending him yeah. for at least a game. Yes. Now, he probably deserved more than that, but again, I'll let that you know let other people decide that. But when you have when you have the two teams playing back to back games, why wouldn't you suspend Wilson for the next game just to avoid the the disgrace? Now maybe they wouldn't have avoided it completely, but that was a I mean that was an absolute embarrassment for the sport having mm-hmm. you know the, the the puck drop and everybody fighting and it looks terrible. So it, it's it, nobody's really come out a winner here. Except no. the teams playing the Rangers lately, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So we'll have to. We'll stay tuned. They have one more game left, as you heard Don tell you. He's on the call on Saturday, 
and uh, you know Saturday afternoon, and that's going to be it for the season. And then during the off season, they really have some some things to figure out whether which way they're going to go, who's which free agents are available, who are they going to sign, who are they going to bring back, uh, which way are they going to turn this team? And Gordon, are you going to sacrifice some of this young talent to get veterans? You know that's the other question. So it's just it's. it's it, the questions are endless right now to try to figure out which way the Rangers are going to go. It, it seems like the idea of the slow rebuild is not only gone, but it seems like the playoff push begins now, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you're making this kind of decision, you're not happy with the path that you're on. You want to you want to go on a completely different path, and I, I would think that the the completely different path is we're going to take you know some of the young talent here, but it's much more about win now rather than look ahead to the future. And I wonder which which goaltender they'll decide on. You know, there's been a lot of conversation about that too, Gordon. As you, as you know from the calls we've taken, there's a bunch of Orgiev, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of Sturkin, there's you know, there's there's a number of of, of uh, you know goaltending fans that the Rangers have that they would prefer to have. And I think a lot of them want to go with the uh, the younger goaltender to uh, you know see if they can because they feel he's a little better. But Gordon, here's what I know from watching hockey over the years. How how your defense plays in front of the net really helps out your goaltender, <laughs> whoever right. it is. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if it was not going to already be an interesting offseason, it certainly is going to be now. No question about that. Gordon, I tell you, I, I was parachuting in to the Yankees this afternoon because the Mets had 1,002 rain delays yeah. and, and St. Louis was walking the park. So uh, it, it was it was a weird kind of up-and-down game. It it. It was a game where, I'll tell you this, I've never seen what I saw in the eighth inning <laughs> happen with before Glaber? with Glaber. I've yeah. never seen that before. Thank you, shift, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately for the bullpen, not thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, look, the bullpen's been fantastic. I know that there's been some reaction I've heard of, you know, they should have left in Cole. They shouldn't mm-hmm. have gone to Green. To me, that is just an absolute classic second guess based on the result. The bullpen has been lights out. Cole did his job. You had your big, you know, if, if they had brought in, you know, the B team out of the bullpen to, to, to get an inning or something, I would say, okay, fine. But the bullpen has been fantastic. It's been, if not the best, one of the best in baseball. Uh, so to all of a sudden second guess that and think that, oh, you know what, Cole should have went an extra inning or, you know what, you shouldn't have gone to green. You should have went to this one or that one. Uh, look, I, 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 hate, I hate the fact that they gave one away. And as impressive as Glaber's feet was, I got to tell you, I hate him. But the home run that Altuve hit, I still don't know how he hit it because it was mm-hmm. basically forehead level for him out of the strike zone. It was ball four, and yet he was able to tomahawk it over the wall. So uh, and at five six, is able to get that much power on it is amazing. Yeah, he is. Uh, I guess as a Yankee fan, with all the shouting and 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 uh, chanting that's going on during this series, anybody to beat me but him. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? It's funny because, well, look, he's the guy that won the MVP and, and took it away from Judge, and he's one mm-hmm. of the three main guys. But of the three main guys, to me, the more um, the ones that get my blood boiling more are the other two, Bregman and Correa. Correa mm-hmm. and Bregman, to me, I just look at them and, and oh, I just, I just want to, I just want to punch something. So, yeah. um, I get it. Altuve is the same thing, and then of course with the buzzer in 2019, at least the rumors of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which seemed like the, it, it's not just completely 
made up. It seems like if there was somebody that was going to do it, just based on some of the things you've seen after the game, and I'm telling them don't tear off my shirt and all this type of stuff, um, I, I could see it. But, uh, yeah, I did not like, you know, Yankee fans. To, you wanted the sweep, especially when Cole pitched as well as he did, and mm-hmm. you got enough offense to win the game. 3-1 late in the game, turning it over to the bullpen, or 3-2 turning it over to the bullpen more times than not. You're going to get a win. And to lose that one to the Astros, where you really kind of felt like the last couple of, you know, between the Tigers series and the Astros series, things have really kind of turned. And then to lose today, it really felt like a step back. Yeah, I know it did. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Thursday night edition of the show. Augustine Damon till midnight. Thanks for stopping by. So, Gordon, uh, I I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy. Listen, I'm happy the Mets got the win. Okay, I'm happy to, to get the win. Obviously, you take them as you get them. You don't give them back. But Gordon, when you leave 17 runners on base, I mean, that's a franchise record. Yeah, that's a, I, that, 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 that's not even the small village. That's a country. Yeah, when you said 17, like for the first second, I'm like, did the Mets have another double header today? <laughs> no, like, single game. No, just one game. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it was the walks, right? I mean, the kid Gant uh, just oh. seemed like he uh, could not. <laughs> <laughs> could not throw strikes. Let me ask you. I mean, are you starting to get a little worried about Lindor? I need to see something soon. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? I really do because I because what's because ha- what happened is in one of the games this weekend. This week it had to be. I think it was yesterday's game. One of the doubleheaders and one of the games of the doubleheader. His defense got to him. Yeah, and, the and throw, right. Yeah, and so when now that he's starting to think about his offense. Going out into the field, I, you know, as a Met fan, I can't have that. So, yeah, I'm concerned about it. I need for him to get going. I mean, just for his own sake, for his own peace of mind, for his own confidence. And so we'll see what these new batting coaches are going to do. Uh, they should be able to make a huge difference, you know, with the analytics and all the stuff that they've gotten here, tongue in cheek. Uh, so I, I expect that he'll be turning around any day now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting concerned about him. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, well, look, he had three walks today. It felt like everybody had three walks today. The one thing I would say that uh, is at least, and he does kind of seem a little lost at the plate right now. The one thing I would say, it doesn't seem like he is um, uh, striking out. It's mm-hmm. not like he's, he's really pressuring himself to swing at pitches outside the zone. He's still controlling the zone pretty well. So that I, I guess that's the one silver lining. But, yeah, I mean – you, you kind of expected there would be an adjustment period. I, I didn't think that – I don't think most people would have thought that it would have been like this. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, because so, it's, not, it's not a small sample size anymore. No, right? it isn't. I mean, we're, we're talking almost 100 at-bats at this point. Yeah. And you'd have to say we all kind of toss out, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, tossing out last year because of 60 games. It was so weird and all these type of things. When you take a look at 60 games last year and this year – it's not trending in the right direction, that's for sure. I tell you one thing, if he doesn't start hitting soon, you're going, <laughs> you'll be wondering, should we have paid him? 
Yeah. <laughs> Should we have paid them up front? I'm kind of <laughs> surprised that that article. Now, I think that's silly, but it, just because it's silly doesn't mean that those articles don't get written. I mean, you know, we talked about the, the, the things about Glaber Torres earlier mm-hmm. this year. Oh, maybe you have to send Glaber down. You, you got to trade him for Trevor Story. So these silly things get done and written sometimes. But mm-hmm. uh, I would not, if it's another week, if he's hitting 160 something in a week from now. I wouldn't doubt that the names Carlos Baerga and Robbie Alomar start getting brought up. Well, they've been they've been hinted at. I've seen them hinted, a couple of places yes, already. Hinted, right, but I yeah. mean like full bore, you know? <laughs> yeah. And listen, it's helped that the Mets have, even though they split this series, it's helped that they've kind of put some wins. Because if he was if the team was oh, losing yeah, and he wasn't yeah. hitting, I mean, they'd be ready to run him out. I mean, they were booing him already at City Field, so they'd right. be ready to run him out on a rail. And it's also good that it doesn't really seem like anybody in the division has caught fire. Right. Yet. I mean, nobody in baseball really has, no. has caught fire yet. I mean, you'd have to say maybe the Red uh, the Red Sox, the best team in baseball right now, at least the, I think record-wise they are. Yeah. But, you know, the Phillies are, I think, two games over, but it seems, you know, that's not a whole lot there. So the Mets, the, the fact that they're playing 500 baseball, at some point one of these teams in the National League East is going to start playing really well. And, and I, with the way everybody else is playing – they're going to have a huge leg up on everybody else because nobody's really playing all that well right now, especially the Braves. I'm kind of surprised that the Braves haven't turned it around yet. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm afraid of, and that's what I'm waiting for. And I'm just hoping that the Mets can turn things around before the Atlanta gets hot and starts to turn things around because I, I just have a lot of respect for them, Gordon. I know the pitching is not what it's been in the past, but I still have a lot of respect for what they're able to do. Yeah. I mean, the team with the best run differential in the National League East right now is the Miami Marlins, plus 20. Isn't that amazing? Everybody else is negative. It's amazing. It's amazing. Off to the phones we go. 1-800-919-3776. You can also reach us on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Matt's in Queens. Matt, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys. The great Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's a great show. Anyway, I just wanted to say the ending to the Rangers season has to be one of the ugliest crashes and burns I think I've ever seen. I mean, obviously, if you lose, like, you know, a World Series or, you know, a championship game, it's more consequential. But this was so ugly. It was so horrible. I mean, the whole thing with, you know, the Islanders shutting them out twice, you know, uh, the, 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 the fights, the firings. I mean, can you think of anything more uglier that that's happened in New York sports you know, within the recent collective memory? No, not really, Matt. Not uh, a regular Gordon, season, not like right? That, I mean, no. there's been there's been postseasons, obviously. You know, the Yankees, when they we had the 3-0 lead to the Red Sox and lost uh, that series, that was a pretty bad way. But in terms of a regular season, just, you know, all-encompassing, right, on the ice, off the ice, it's kind of hard to come up with one off the top of the head. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm not really a big hockey fan. You know, I'm a casual observer. Really, football is the only sport that I'm really, really into. So, you know, I kind of got into the Rangers because, you know, they were playing some exciting hockey. There were some good games. You know, it was all good. Then I got into it. And then before you know it, it blows up in your face. It's like a, it, it's like literally like you lit up a, one of those exploding cigars and the whole thing just blows up all over you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, man. Thanks. Yeah, it is. Thanks for the phone call. It's the 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 past couple of days, Gordon. He's right. It's it's hard for you to come up with something like that. And but what you understand is that it's really not just the last couple of days, right? That there's things that led up to this point. 
that made them pull the trigger, made them make the decision they made. And as much as it was the reaction to what happened with Tom Wilson on the ice, I still think a lot of it had to be with that the the, the wipeout losses to the Islanders back to back games, Gordon, where they weren't they weren't competitive. Well, look, I, I make mention all the time. I am not a hockey guy. I am not a Ranger fan. So it takes a lot for the Rangers to get on my radar. It takes a lot to, to, to you know, if it's not the playoffs, it, it, it takes a big news story, a big blockbuster trade. The fact that I, I've been following this the last couple of days as much <laughs> as I have tells you just how bad it has been. Yeah, it, it's, it's been something else. It really has. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, hey, Gordon, how are you, Larry? As a diehard Ranger fan, a guy who's been going to games all of my life, and now I'm obviously living in the Berkshires, but I need Ranger fans in, in, in general, and, and everybody needs to calm down for a second. Let me just say something, all right? This is not a debacle. This is not a, a, a functionality of, of, a, of a bad team. This is a very good and talented team that unfortunately ran into a COVID with, with Mika for 25 games, Panarin a nine-game loss, you have a team that has more rookies and the youngest team in the National Hockey League. What you need to do is, first of all, I don't know about bringing Coach Quinn back, but I would give him another chance to have a full training camp with these kids, a full 82-game season. You have to understand, this team played 32 games against four of the best teams in the conference. I mean, you take Florida, okay? You take the Florida Panthers and you take and you take Carolina. They're not as good as Tampa, and they and, and they played Columbus, Detroit, and they played Dallas and Chicago, 32 times. I mean, the Rangers had to play against three teams that won the Stanley Cup or at least got into the so finals Robbie, in Boston. And so Robbie, won. yeah, go ahead, Robbie. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Then why are they making the change? It, it, well, it's, Especially it's in the front office. They're making the change because James Dolan, because James Dolan's a fool. I mean, you can't find a better executive. They hired John Davidson two and a half years ago. Not even. Why the heck was he fired? I mean, Jeff Gordon helped build the Boston Bruin teams that won the Stanley Cup, and Jeff has become a much better general manager. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is a rebuild in its third year, and I wish people would just get a grip already. This is James Dolan and his big ego. He figures, oh, the Knicks are fine, so why don't we just pick on the Rangers now? People have to be patient. He goes Sturkin is a very talented young goalie. What they need is, we talked about this guy a million times, they need a couple of veterans to come and show them the way. And one of the guys they told you about next year is a free agent, even though he's going to be in his 15th year, is Nick Foligno. Now, J.D. is no longer there, but Foligno's a guy who can give you leadership. They need leadership on this team. They need to assign a captain, not this full alternate captain nonsense. That's ridiculous. But I would, you know, look, I've criticized Quinny, look, seven shots in two periods tonight. I, I criticized his style, a one-four check in the zone and backing up and chasing the Bruins the whole game. But they were out without so many players. The thing is that if you tweak this team a little bit, if you tweak it, it's, it's, it's got the potential to be a great team. I mean, in any other division this year, they would be in the playoffs. You look at any other teams in the division, they would be in it. But they played the four of the best teams out of five in the conference. And you know what? It's going to be a better year next year. I, I have full faith in Chris Drury. He's a bright guy. He's been a winner every place he's gone, from Trumbull, Connecticut, to playing for, you know, being rookie of the year in Colorado and playing for the Rangers and being a captain. So um, I'm upset to see J.D. go. I mean, J, you know, J.D. means a lot to me. I mean, first of all, the guy, you know, the 79 team is still one of my favorite teams, even more than the 94 team, even though they won the Cup. I love the 79 team. But I just want to ask you guys one thing about the Yankees. Why does an Aaron Boone ever run when there's two when there's a guy on on uh, 
uh, first base in the eighth inning. And I'm sick and tired of this analytical crap. Oh, by the way, analytics really works, guys, because 17 teams are under 500 in Major League Baseball. <laughs> so we can all talk about how much we love analytics. But question for you, why doesn't Aaron Boone ever run? Hicks is on base in the eighth inning. Higashioka's up. Why can't you try to let him steal a base and try to get in the scoring position? It's a one-run game. Anyway, thanks for the time, guys. We'll get your thoughts. Appreciate right, it. Robbie, thanks for checking in. Well, Gordon, uh, they're not built for running, are they? No, I mean, I mean, at least he, he suggested somebody who can at least, you know, like I think a lot yeah. of times people want, uh, why don't you have Stan and Judge running more often? You know, at least he suggested somebody who can, has a, a, a little bit of speed. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that that's not their game. I mean, no. the, the, the risk versus the reward to them is, is just not worth it. So they're not going to be, you know, they'll steal a base here or there when they think that the advantage is in their favor. But I, I don't, obviously they didn't think it was in their favor today. You know what's funny? I think because David Cohn made mention of something like that. What did he say? You have five outs left, and you better hope that you don't lose right. one of them trying to steal right. a base. You don't want did to, he make that comment? I think it was. I think I heard him say something like that today. Well, I, I, did, I did not hear him say it today, but yeah, I mean that's why. I mean, you, you have twenty-seven outs, and and the analytical you know outlook of it is you don't want to waste any of those outs. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Yankees have a lot of guys who are kind of out machines. Now, the, the offense has looked better. I think it's mostly because Giancarlo Stanton has been on another planet. Mm-hmm. But Judge still needs oh. to get going. It was good to see Frazier hit a, a home run today, even though it was a little bit of a Yankee Stadium home run. He needs something to get going here. Um, you know, Hicks has, has started to show some signs of life, considering where he has been. So Above 200, yay. Yeah, I mean uh, – Maybe these are the signs that things are starting to get pointed in the right direction. But ju- Judge, to me, is the one. He, I mean, he's his overall numbers don't look that bad, but the last few days, he has not looked very good. So um, it's he about was good time. in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, the last couple of days, it just. I mean, maybe it's just a little bit of a, a mini slump or something like that. A couple of strikeouts again today. He needs a rest, Gordon. Yeah, I, I, look, he's he's he's, he's <laughs> grinding, Larry. He's just he grinding. He's played like four or five days in a row. I mean, you know, that's, you know he's not going to be in the lineup tomorrow. I'm letting you know to, now. We need to get him off his feet. He, when you need, listen to K tomorrow and he gives you the lineup, Judge is not going to be in. There's got to be five days. He's not going to let him go five days. It's it's amazing. He's it not going to let him go five straight. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. And, and he struck out, set, what, seven times? In he two struck games? out a bunch lately, yeah. He's oh, struck, no, well, he struck no out five times up. yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, five he's not allowed up. No, yeah. no, no. No you way. Got to give him a rest. Yeah. Got to get off his feet, Gordon. You know, what, you, know, you know, there's been actually some rumblings of Uh-oh. a guy that you have brought up a couple of times that maybe the opportunity is going to come for him fairly soon, and that would be Miguel Andujar. He's been playing, uh, I'm not sure if it's the alternate site, but has been hitting up a storm. He's healthy again. And now with Urshela, I think he had to have an MRI yeah. because of the legs. So yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe uh, Andujar can come up here and provide a little bit of life because the offense has been better, but it's still <laughs> – Still not great. Still, it's not great. No, and, it's still and, a lot of outs in that lineup. And the way Mike Ford is hitting, uh, Voight's going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. All of a sudden, Jay Bruce is saying to himself, you, I was this bad? Was that bad? Well, at least, you know, Ford has at least picked a couple of throws out of the dirt. True. Bruce did not do that. He couldn't even find the ball. Oh, my God. That was a <laughs> dirt, disaster. A, oh he was Lord. awful. I can't believe he forgot how to play baseball just like that. He looked awful. He looked yeah. so bad, he retired. That's how yep. bad he looked. He was embarrassing himself. He's like, I'm, I'm going out. I'm I got to get out of here. This is- I am done. <laughs> Amazing. 
You're listening to the best of 98.7 FM ESPN Pod Center. It's the best of our shows available when you are. You are. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe now. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Thursday night edition of the show, talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY90 underscore 7 FM. And, of course, at Gordon Damer. Gordon, i tell you one thing before we get back to the phones that, I'm, that has me a little what I'm curious about. I'm not going to say concern. Curious about. All these leagues are copycat leagues. And will another team employ the same defense that Denver did against the Knicks going forward? And what will Thibodeau do? Because obviously he knows that that's what's coming. So what will the adjustment be in this chess match between coaches? Yeah, I mean, I would think that after the way the the Knicks played uh, against Denver, I mean, other teams saw that, and uh, I'm sure that they will be trying to duplicate it. But, you know, look, I'm sure that there have been other times this season where they've had to make adjustments. So, uh, you know, the the nice thing about having a a coach, a legitimate head coach, is you can kind of trust that he's going to find a way to make that adjustment, right? Like in the past, some of the guys we brought up, (laughs) you know, those adjustments never came. The adjustments were they were removed from their job. That was the adjustment. So I I, I don't know. I think that they're – look, it's still a tough road trip. It's still tough games and uh, and tough opponents. But uh, I'm confident they're going to be able to find a way to win one more of these games on this trip and come home at 3-3 and with three games to go. I agree with you. Let's go back to the phone. Stewart's in Brooklyn. Hey, Stewart, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry and Gordon. Um, with, with the with the Rangers, first on, on the on, on the Wilson fight, and then on the uh, on the front office, you know, kudos to Brendan Smith. I'm glad he had the balls to take on Wilson. You know, this could lead to some real cohesiveness, cohesiveness and uh, camaraderie going into to next season. You know, standing up for your teammates when when the league didn't. And as far as the uh, the Rangers front office goes, I'm I'm still baffled at uh, what went down. I mean, the Rangers were trending in the right direction in a difficult division. In April, they went 10 and four, and 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 Drury, you know, he he did a good job making Hartford a competitive AHL franchise. And all indication is he's all in on the youth. And I really hope Drury, uh, you know, sticks with the plan that JD had in place, you know, and not trade all our uh, young players, you know, for slow old vets, you know, just for a one-year uh, cup run. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Stuart. Thanks for the phone call. And, and that's why you, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next, Gordon, is is what's going to be the uh, future, what's going to be the next move, what, what's going to be the philosophy for this team going forward. Yeah, well, I, I would think that you'd have to expect that there's going to be a change in terms of philosophy, right? I mean, if, if there wasn't going to be a change of philosophy, the, the guys that were here would still be here. Yeah, if you were, that's if, for sure. If, if, if people were happy with the direction that they or the road that they were on, there wouldn't have been the need to make a change. Yeah, you're right. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, my guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. Hello? What's yeah, up, Buddha? Go ahead, How man. you doing, my friend? Oh, oh okay. Sorry, I lost the connection there for a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, quickly, you know, rest in peace, Shock G, Black Rob, DMX. It's been a tough, tough year, you know, in regards to the music industry. Um, listen, I had two points, man. One point was... um something about the NBA, and another point was about uh, a discussion you guys had the last show you were on. 
Well, Dan B. I just got an assessment. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, do you feel like this is Joel, Joel Embiid's best season as an NBA player? I think so, and, yeah. and I think so, and partly because he's been probably, and you would know better than me, but he seems to be more available than he's been throughout his career, and he just seems mm-hmm. to be more versatile. We knew he could do the outside thing. We knew he could do the inside thing, but he just, it's like he's not battling with his other teammates, that Doc Rivers has put in a, a it's his team. <laughs> it's really his team now, and so for me, yeah. I, I think you know, it's far better. The question was sort of facetious because I was going to ask you the same question about Tobias Harris. And then I also was going to add in, while both of those guys are having their best season as players, uh, Mr. Simmons has been inconsistent, not only in play, but in availability. So when we talk about Tom Thibodeau as a great coach, we got to admit that Doc Rivers is a great coach squared. And all this anointing of that the Nets, uh, they're going to win, if this guy's healthy, if this guy's um, if they're all together. I- I'm going to tell you something, honestly. You know, games got to be played on the on the diamond, on the hardwood, and on the glass field. And, uh, you know, you can't just anoint people as champions. Let's see how this all plays out. You know, you always got a chance in the beginning when those balls get thrown up and tipped in the end. I think the Sixers definitely have a chance. You know, Milwaukee showed you – that the Sixers have a chance because the Sixers are better than Milwaukee when they play their best game. But um, there was something you guys spoke about the other night um, kind of really, like, kind of stuck in my craw a little bit, man. You know, um, you know, let me preface the comments by saying, that, you know, I grew up in the CYO day camp, you know, Catholic youth organization. They used to pick us up, take us to that Whitestone Beach Club. We used to go to Alley Pond Park, Corona Park. You know, that's where I got my love for the outdoors from. But you know what I really got my true love from was comic books and baseball cards. Mm. We used to trade those suckers, and, 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 and it was a big deal. So you guys were talking about the Marvel. I mean, Gordon, you talked about how you sat down and you, with your kids and you went through the whole series. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guys, one guy had wings and one guy had arrows. Yeah. And you well, look, explain we, you to know, the kids, kids, the kids like you know, certain characters more than others. Yeah, now listen, I'm not listen, I'm not even trying to go at the kids. I love right. kids and, and I understand them, but I'm really talking about the, the both of you guys and you guys are very intelligent guys and you've been around for a minute. The whole idea of the way that the Marvel, the MCU universe is put together is the the team as a whole can defend the universe and the yeah, earth. See, I, I, I but individually that. they can't. And in a lot of ways, the characters who have the least power in terms of um, superhero strength? Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. If you watch that show, we just started. We just started and the I remember first you, episode. I remember, listen, I remember Gordon. You said that you didn't really like Captain America because he was boring. Yeah. When you watch that series, mm-hmm. you understand why Captain America was boring, and you understand when a person who's Captain America who's not boring, how they make fatal flaws. Right. But the whole thing was like how Thanos said, you gotta have perfect it's perfectly balanced. The Avengers had Tony Stark on one side, right. billionaire playboy awesome. philanthropist. Yep. Then they had the soldier Captain America. And then okay. Vision said in in um the, the, the Ultron uh movie, not one of us can beat them uh, beat him alone. 
That's we true. We have to do this together. Yeah, but the guy with That's the arrows. The Who's the guy with the arrows? Kids, the guy with the arrow. Come you know, on. they're fighting these these things coming out of the sky from another planet. And you got Tony Stark mm-hmm. flying around as, as Iron Man. You got Thor, the, the god of thunder. And then you got a guy firing arrows. The guy with the arrows doesn't belong in that group. You got Hulk No, smash. that's simplifying it. That's simplifying it. Uh, Remember, in the, I don't know if you watched that Ultron movie. Yeah, but, okay, I watched them all. You know, Scarlet, listen, Scarlet Witch has a lot more power than Hawkeye. But Hawkeye, Hawkeye that's said the to her, after yeah. the things was Hawkeye's, going on, he said, look, if when we were doing power rankings, door, Hawkeye would be down Avenger. at the bottom. You'd have to admit, but, but if we listen, were doing power rankings, No, no, Hawkeye I'm not talking be... about power. I'm but saying. remember the part where his wife said, yeah, this team is a mess, and I know that they need you. Similar to the Black Widow, similar to Captain America. It's not about the power. Yeah. It's about the will. And the will will inspire those who have the power. The Hulk has supreme power. He's a mental basket case. Thor has supreme power. He's a mental basket case. A lot of times, the sacrifice, the game plan, the intuition, the wisdom came from the characters who didn't have the most power. And that's the genius of it. That's why we like Marvel Comics as opposed to DC Comics. DC Comics had a lot of superheroes with a lot of power, but the characters had no depth. Well, look, I mean, I'm just saying, we, if, we, if you're looking around, right, and, the, and the, the, the fate of the planet is resting on, you know, one or two or three or four of the different superheroes, and you see that the guy who's coming to save you is Hawkeye, you don't feel as good as if it's Tony Stark or if it's the Hulk or if it's basically. But that's the whole point. Yeah. The fate of the universe, the p- fate of the We're Earth is not dependent on one character. It's dependent on the team. They, they run out of Come arrows. On, you guys, listen, you play sports. We've all been on teams. I've been on teams while I was a leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading passer. But there was another guy on the team who did a little bit more dirty work. And in, in the long run, there's no dirty he's actually it's more killing dependable the and more respected by my coach than I was. <laughs> Let, let's keep it real. That's the idea of a team. I know, you can easy. have superstars. Yeah. But superstars are good when things are going downhill. When we got to climb uphill. So you're telling me you you would feel good. Like Hulk goes in one direction, Tony Stark goes in another direction, Thor goes in another direction, and and coming to rescue you is the guy with the arrows. You're still trying to break up the team. And the whole reason that Thanos was able to collect all of those rings was a derivative of civil war. When the team fractured... He knew the earth was vulnerable. You got to see that. You got you to watch those movies over again. You got to watch them, <laughs> and you got to watch all of them. And you got to see Falcon guy. He's not, I don't want him coming to save me either. I want one of the main guys. You don't want the Falcon? <laughs> Come no, on. Did you watch that series? I know. I just started it tonight. We, we, just, we got through the Come movies, on. and now we're starting with Come the Falcon. On. Right, look, There's a know. reason why Steve Rogers wanted him to take the shield. Uh, you know it who's wasn't underrated? about his physical power. You know who's it underrated? It was about his character. <laughs> the underrated guy, the whole team? Ant-Man. Dude. Ant-Man is underrated. Ant-Man should have climbed up, should have, you know, gone down, climbed up Thanos' nose, boom, expand, movie's over. 
I heard that theory before, but you got to remember, Thanos' skin and body is similar to granite. The <laughs> amount of time that it would have took Ant-Man to get that big, he would have hurt himself. Like, stop Look, it. I've heard these theories before. About the universe. I'm, I'm, I'm fully in tune. Come on. Well, you are, Buddha. You are. You are fully in tune. You got the ph- philosophical insights. Wow. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Wow. He, look, I he, just, he, he's I, very ooh. into it. He, he, he comes with good reasoning and stuff like that. But, you know, you're watching the, the, the aliens come down. They're, they're eating this thing. They're breaking up this building. You got the, the, the Hulk is all, all of his power, all of his strength is, is having a hard time fighting these things. All of Tony Stark's incredible tech is having a hard time. Thor with his hammer, and he's having a hard time. And then there's a guy firing arrows from a, a rooftop. Come doing it. He doesn't belong. That's all I'm saying. I hear you, but that as was part not of the one team, of Stan Lee's best characters. Let's put as, it as, as part of the team. You know what Buddha's saying. He's got, he's got a role, and his role is is to is to uh, distract everybody he's else Tyler so Wade. Hulk can Let's get him. So way. Hulk he's can come Tyler in and get him. He is not Giancarlo Stanton. He's <laughs> not Aaron Judge. No, he's not he's, supposed he's to be. He's riding that 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 minor league shuttle once in a while. You know, <laughs> he's not supposed to be. <laughs> he's supposed. He is who he is. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's it. That's all he can do for you, Gordon. He can't do anything else. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Freddie and Fitzsimmons continue the conversation at the top of the hour. We're here until then at 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. Good evening, Gordon. How are you? Mike, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Mike? Uh, You know, I understand... There's no love loss between me and then the Ranger fans, none whatsoever. But it goes to show you how big a toolbox Tom Wilson is. The Capitals are, if I could brush aside my hatred for them. Uh, honest to God, we should have loaned you Russ Johnston. I, if I could have done more there, I would have loaned you Russ Johnston. I would have even loaned you myself. You want a guy who for 60 minutes would want to punch somebody out? I'm your man. But, uh, this and NHL not suspending him. If you want to say the playoffs are coming close, you need to shut up. That is a unbound argument. The man's been suspended more fingers than I have on my two hands. It's what now eight or nine suspensions, ten. I mean, it's it's he he has more suspensions than he has played in the league. And you look at his, at his history. It's every time he, it, the guy's head is down. The guy is not in position. He played against the Dallas this year. The the the, the players going towards the goal, and Wilson throws him into the net. It's all cheap shots. Listen, Russ, uh, uh, Tom, listen, Tom. You you want to be tough. You can't be tough because when a tough guy, Russ Johnson, tried to fight you, you ran away behind the referee. You were scared. You were crying. And when he got him the game misconduct, you were laughing your butt off in the penalty box because you got him because you go to him and now you got him a god. You're you're a predator. You're a sneaky man. You're not tough. You are a well. It rhymes with tea bag and starts with the D. Get the point. Uh, the Rangers, they are not a. I'm not going to go with their soft team because they're not soft. They're just. They're more flashy. You know, 
if, if you combine them with the Islanders, you would have a Stanley Cup winning team. The Rangers have the guys who could score the goals, classy guys. The, the Islanders have the fourth line, physical guys, and they're not soft the Rangers that it's not as physical as some other teams, which you can't crack. I mean, you look, the Rangers pick one or pick two, and of course you're going to go for Kako, LaFontaine. You have the first pick, but maybe in the later rounds you go for a guy who's, who's a bit bigger, more physical, but to fire... Listen to five of them because they got pushed around Monday night. It's not about them being soft, okay? It's just look who you're playing, okay? I've watched Capitals Wilson, and again, I loathe, loathe Thomas. I despise him. I more than the Rangers. It's not about the Rangers being soft. When you play a tea bag like him, okay? It rhymes with that, starts with the D. That's what he does, okay? He's sneaky. He does. He, he, just sneaky stuff, and it's not about you. It's just he's a total jack wagon. And I get it. The Rangers are not where you want to be. Okay, fine. They need more toughness, more you know, bigger guys, a uh, Mad Martin, Calcutta guys who will hit you into the boards. But looking at where they came, a team that has the offense now, just and, and the goaltending. So I mean, it's what it's got a couple of guys. I mean, the Capitals signed Dylan or whatever the trade. It's not hard. They should have given. Uh, the GM, the president, another year. See if they could, or, or at least tell the guys. Tell them, okay, you've got one year. Bulk up the team and give them at least one more shot. And the rest, I'll say, uh, Dolan, uh, you wrote the letter to the league. I get it, but it's again, I get it. You're mad, but Dolan, just stay out of it. Okay, mind your business because every time you get involved, you screw things up. Okay, you, you screw but up the it, Knicks, and now you're going to mess with the Rangers. Just back this away. This is his team. He he owns the team. He can do whatever he wants. But it doesn't help them win. It doesn't help them win. That's my point. It's not productive, Gordon. Well, it's not productive. I mean, look, I, yes, but at the end of the day, they are in a good position. Ask Gordon, right? ask are they in a fans. good position moving ask forward? Fans no one expected they them to make the playoffs this no. year to begin with. To sign the checks. Right, but he gets to have a say. You're saying mind your business. This is his business. Do it in a productive way. Do it better. Ask Rangers fans. They they have him do things differently. Ask Nick fans. Once Dolan gets involved, all hell breaks loose. Ask well, the fans, I mean, Gordon. You don't know. You don't know how much he's involved or not involved. You know, and he might be as as involved with the Knicks this year as he's been at any other time. You don't know how involved he is. We don't know how involved. You know that I, I know that that has been the the uh, the, the mantra uh, that he. Thanks for the call, Mike. He's been, you know, the one that puts his, his hands in it and stuff like that and messes everything up. But he might just be as involved. It's just that he hired the better – he hired better people this time. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, I mean, clearly, <laughs> right? They did their it, job. It, it, wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been hard, the bar. But, look, again, I, I, me, be it for me, to the one to defend James Dolan, but when he hired Phil Jackson – we weren't all saying, "Oh my God, don't hire Phil Jackson." When he, we were, everyone was screaming forever, "Hire Phil, bring in Phil," and we saw what happened. So he listened to all of us then, mm-hmm. and then it was, "Well, you know, you got to get stars here. How are we going to get stars here?" So the 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 rep was that you know what, David Fisdale has these connections to stars, and they're going to his relationship with star players are going to lure them here. That was obviously wrong, but it wasn't like that was coming out of the, the the clear blue sky. So this time, finally, he went with a legitimate coach, 
Leon Rose was a move that a lot of us had, I myself had questions about, but so far, so good. Yeah, it's worked out. It's worked out. I'll say that. Lee's in Manhattan. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. Gentlemen, what's happening? Lee. Uh, hey, Gordon. Yeah. Listen, this is for you, man. All right. The fill is gone, and that's it. We're going to leave that alone. Okay? Yes, thank God. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> Question for you, gentlemen. Which one of these three games we got remaining on the road do you think we can possibly steal? Because we need to steal at least one to try to come back three and three, considering how we've been playing. Now, I just want to get an opinion from either one of you. I think Tibbs need to sort of change the lineup because the Knicks are getting a little bit too predictable. So being that you consider this road trip sort of like a playoff run, would you all think about maybe starting Rose, starting Taj over Noel, and who you're going to take out of the backcourt, and how are we going to get Julius Randle, some rest with these last six games so he's rested for the playoffs. Got news for you, Lee. He's not getting no rest. <laughs> that was yeah, the well, right I, now. That That's I know. The last Just trying to figure out how. No, I hear you, okay. Lee. That's the yeah. easy one. If, he's not getting any rest. But, so we don't, have, we don't if, have to worry about that. I would okay, think, now, though, Lee, for me, I don't want to move Rose into the starting lineup because I need him in the fourth quarter to be right. another option for yeah, Julius Randle. Yeah, but Randall. see, this is where the Knicks been making their late runs. But, see, we need one of these three games. And you know you're going into the Staples Center, going back-to-back against both the Clippers and the Lakers, okay? And we got, what, Denver? We got Denver tomorrow. Phoenix. You got, got Phoenix, Phoenix tomorrow. tomorrow. I, I mean, excuse me, Phoenix tomorrow. I would yeah. like to see those two. Okay, at least start in one of those games, you know, to put a little pressure on those three games as far as the defense goes to try to get one of those games coming back home. I got to tell you something. Just just to change, just so that the Knicks aren't so predictable. That's what I'm saying. I hear you, Lee. I got you. And thanks for the phone call, my friend. Here's the problem. You got Anthony Davis, so I can't really start Taj Gibson against him. And, and Zubac is the starting center for the Clippers, so I can't start Taj against either one of those guys. Gordon, I'm, no. I'm going to have to go roll with my lineup the way it is. That's what I got to do. I really don't have a, ch- a choice. What I need, though, is I need my guys to start to give me – I just need them to play the way they play. Don't panic over what you saw last night. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? That's one game. I, they've, been, they've been a team that's been able to find ways to score. They'll be okay. Uh, out of the three – well, I think Phoenix might be the one that I you're going to try to steal. Uh, if I had to rank them, I'd rank them Phoenix, Lakers, Here's Clippers. A, I agree. Yeah. Yep. That's the way I'd go with And it. I'll say this. If they lose tomorrow night uh, to the Suns and they lose to the Clippers, the Clippers come before the Lakers? Yes. I would think that they won. The, uh, if they lose those next two, I think they win the, the Laker game. Okay. All right. Good. Because, because you know what? It makes you wonder – how much Anthony Davis is going to play. Like, I'm watching this game right. now, and they're getting blown out. Anthony Davis is not getting back on that court. No. <laughs> right. He's not getting on the court. And I don't know that he play. I don't even know that he plays Sunday. I mean, when they play the Knicks. I don't know. 
You don't they may arrest him. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know, you never know. 